0: Grace, mercy, and peace from God, our Father, and from the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We could talk about our pet peeves today and take up the rest of service, but I have to share with you one of mine. It's that. Have you noticed that the city of Fargo does not like drivers to make left turns? It is infuriating. It really is. One of the busiest corridors in the area, so 13th Avenue South, and from around where I-29 comes in to about veterans, right, is a great example. You get a lot of this, yeah? If I want to get, and I'm just using it for instance, okay, from Walmart to Target, it shouldn't be that hard. But it is, right? And when the city redid 52nd Avenue not that long ago, I was so excited about what it meant for improvements. I couldn't wait. I was like, all right, this is going to be awesome. Uh, You know what one of their great improvements was on 52nd Avenue by where I live? Right where we come out of the, if you go south, that. (laughs) Thank you. I'm not kidding. If you want to turn left, too bad. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to turn right. You're going to go a little ways, and then you're going to do a Yui. Okay? It's okay, because there's a lane for it. Now, I'm not a person who thinks that left is always right. You know, get it? Yeah. But I'm all about getting around easier. Convenience, right? It's all about access. Right. It's all about access. That's what today's gospel is about. If you want to break it down to one word access. It seems the traders had made the Gentiles court a market. Okay? It wasn't necessarily the fact that people were buying and selling. I mean, yes, that's part of it. But it's the sights, it's the smells, it's the inconveniences of blocking access to God by taking a place of solemn worship and prayer and making it an unwelcome place. What do you want to be in there? They're going to buy and get what they, they need and get out. A hustling, bustling marketplace complete with oxen and sheep and pigeons You're going to stand around and do prayer and things like this. And with all of that going on, people had lost sight of the temple's purpose. See where this is happening. And that's what it's access. It's access to God. Right. You probably remember, if you don't, the temple's a big deal. God had promised this is where I dwell with my people uh, this is my throne on earth, right? First in the tabernacle, then later in the temple. And even then, you probably remember, as we've talked about many times, access is limited. Only the high priest can go into the holy of once a year. Right. And then the priests, you know, then you get so you got the, the high priest and then the holy priest, the, the priests have a little bit more access and then you go out a little bit farther and then you have the Israelite men, right? And then you have, what do you think is next? Israelite what? Women. And then way out, you know, Gentiles court. All right. Gentiles court. Even further. And now there's a market on top of it all. And it's Passover. I want you to think of like, remember the days, I know they're kind of gone now, where you'd, where it was a Black Friday or, or Thanksgiving even, and you'd go past like Best Buy or you'd go past Walmart and you're like, no, I'm, I'm not even going to, no. Think of that, okay? Passover. It's so busy. There's no access, guys. So Jesus clears the roadblock. See, Jesus clears the roadblock in an attempt to restore the purpose for which the temple is intended access to God. And yes, for Gentiles. Yes. Now, those selling and exchanging want to know what gives Jesus the right to make a whip of cords, to drive them out, right? To overturn the tables. What gives him the right? And they ask him for a sign, and he says something interesting. He says, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And his original hearers (laughs) assume that Jesus is, is talking about the building, right? The building. The sad part is, is God's presence had been missing from the temple, his divine presence for, for about six hundred years. Sad. Ezekiel had a vision of this happening. The temple is destroyed when the Babylonians take. Jerusalem and all the, the last bit of God's people away in 586 ish, and the, and the temple is destroyed as that happens, And God's people eventually returned to Jerusalem to rebuild the city, rebuild the walls, rebuild the temple. But God's presence did not return. The priests, Levites and elders who had seen and participated in the temple life before before captivity, wept at the dedication of this new temple because the divine presence was not there. They wept, they cried. The prophet Haggai lamented, Who is left among you who saw his house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? And in the time of Jesus, Herod started improvements on that temple around 20 B.C. And uh, onward, right? But not even those improvements that, that Herod brought To the temple brought God's presence back. It didn't bring the divine presence back. Sure, the building was physically impressive. But the building still lacked the true glory of God. Right? And Herod's improvements wouldn't last. Wouldn't last. On one occasion, as Jesus came out of the temple. One of his disciples said to him. Look, teacher, what wonderful stones, right? What wonderful stones, what what beautiful buildings. <laughs> and Jesus says to him, uh, you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. Right. What a buzzkill. Come on, Jesus. Really? Look at this. Nope. And in 70 A.D., what Jesus predicted happens. The temple is destroyed and it's never been rebuilt. To this day. Thanks be to God. That's not the temple Jesus was talking about. See. The temple that Jesus was talking about was his body. And this is where things get interesting. In the person of Jesus Christ, God does dwell in his temple. God's presence returns in its fullness. God is among his people. Yes, he's veiled. Yes, people behold God and live. Yes, people can be in God's presence. They can talk with him, ask him questions, all of these things. But they missed the significance of it all. They wept because they wanted to be near God. right? I want to be near God. Who doesn't? But they rejected the way that he came to them. See, they wanted to be near God, but they rejected the way that he came to them. And they're going to not only seek to drive Jesus out of the temple themselves, but they're going to seek to destroy God's temple. And I'm talking about Jesus. And that's exactly what happened. You guys know. Sinful men, demonic forces, capitulating Roman officials, whoever you want to throw in there. They falsely accuse him. They put him through the ringer. I mean they put him through the ringer. They mock, they beat, they flog, they watch as he carries his own device of death out outside of Jerusalem, and there they nail him to a cross until the living temple, God's full presence, uh, is dead. They do as they set out to do. But Jesus does as he promised. Thanks be to God, right? Jesus does as he promised. And we hear the following. And you heard it today. When therefore, John chapter 2, verse 22. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this about the temple. And they believed the scriptures and the word that Jesus had spoken. Not only did they believe what Jesus said about the temple. Some of them wrote about it, wrote it down. Put it in the narrative. So that we would know and believe the significance of the Lord's words, right? The temple is Christ. It's not just a metaphor. It's not just a, you know, small tea ideal it's the truth Jesus is the one who has brought God's presence back fully back to God's people in worship right it's all about access it's all about access upon Christ's death the curtain of the temple right to get into the most holy it's 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 rent asunder it's torn in two it's all about access And that's what Jesus gives to you, and that's what Jesus gives to me. Access. Each week, every time we meet, He gives you access to God's presence. Through the word taught, through the word preached, through the word that you read. He gives you access into God's kingdom through water and the word in your baptism. Pouring out forgiveness of sins and the Holy Spirit. He gives you access, gives you access to his true body and his true blood to eat and to drink for the forgiveness of sins and strengthening of your faith. He gives you access to the father. Right. On account of what he has done, he invites us not to fear God. He's not unapproachable, but instead to see him as a as a as a heavenly father, to call him uh, terms of endearment, Papa. He gives you access. It's all about access. Yet what's the problem? People want to draw near to God. Who doesn't want to draw near to God? But we're just like the people that were back in Jesus' day. We reject the way that he comes to us. We reject it. More and more people stay away, right? More and more see worship as a chore and bore. It did not... It did not take me long to get to the Internet and see that you don't have to be Christian and go to church. Well, it's about access, isn't it? We want to draw near to God, but we reject the way that he has promised that he that he said he's going to come to us. Just like they did when he walked the earth. Worship is a chore and a bore. No big deal. Have you lost the faith in the promise of Jesus? Destroy this temple and I will raise it in three days. And the temple he's talking about is his body. God's presence was missing for so many years. 600. God's people wept. And now you and I have access to God's full presence. God's full presence has returned with no limitation on God's part at all. Other than he is veiled. I'll give you that. But God's full presence is with us. And it's not just once a year, like on the Day of Atonement in the Old Testament, right? It's not just on Christmas and Easter. It's not, oh, if we muster up enough faith, he might show up. It's every time, every time the word is purely taught and the sacraments rightly administered. God is there. So what's the problem? We're the ones who limit the access. (laughs) We limit our own. We just do. Because we don't think about and take to heart the fullness of God's promise, of Christ's promise and his gifts. We just don't. We limit the access of others. Allowing other things to take precedence, right? I pray to God we don't keep those that are not Right, those that are looking and seeking, pray we don't drive them away. You know, We don't treat them as outsiders and that are not worthy to be here or something like that, like what we're running into in the Old Testament. And most of all, we're all about, we're consumers more than anything else. Right? We don't necessarily think about faithfulness to God's word first. We think about other things. Right? We make our father's house a marketplace, an entertainment center, whatever. And forget what it truly is. God's restored temple. Not because of the building, uh, but because um, Jesus has promised to be here. Right, Jesus has promised to be here. He's promised to be here. He keeps his promise. And he's here. Despite our apathy. Despite our indifference. Our reverence. Our boredom. Our daydreaming. Whatever you're doing. He remains. Right? He remains. He abides. He forgives. <laughs> In the means of grace that he himself has established. And that he has commanded his church to do. Everybody wants to be. Near God, of course, who doesn't want to be? But so many reject the way that he's promised to be with us. But through these means, make no mistake. Through these means, Jesus rebuilds what our sin has broken. He restores what our sin removed. In other words, our ability to dwell in the presence of God. He removed your sin... So that your removal from God's presence might be a thing of the past. It's all about access. And nothing. Here's the thing. I don't know how long, uh, you know, there's churches closing all the time. I mean, who knows what will happen to the buildings, just like the temple. But nothing not sin, not death. Not all the powers of hell will destroy the temple of Christ's body ever again. So, yes, thank you, Jesus, for what you did. Thank you, Jesus, for what you continue to do. Because he has given you full access to God's grace, full access to God's mercy, full access to God's Richest blessings and full access to his glory. Think about that accordingly. Because in Christ, it's an excess of access. Thanks be to God. And may the peace which surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.